we are, uh, we're in our final, final week of this series, When God is Silent. And, um, and this one is, um, uh, we're talking about when, when I pray, but God doesn't answer. When, when it seems like God isn't listening specifically to my prayers. So uh, I'm going to guess, we have this thing that, that we uh, kind of culturally we know and, and, and even experience, um, and it's terrible. It's called the silent treatment. Anyone ever, ever had that, right? Okay, raise your hand if anyone has ever given you the silent treatment where they're just like, I'm not talking to you, right? And maybe for a few hours and maybe for days. It, some of you, you might be in silent treatment right now for a year. Like, it's just, I'm still in it, right? Okay, um, raise your other hand if you've ever given the silent treatment. You, yeah, you sinners. Look at all, like, like as much as you complain about it, you sure are good at giving it. Um, uh, okay, um, and, and, uh, and um, okay, raise your third hand if, if, uh, if the silent treatment you have, you have given or received is with someone in this room. <laughs> it's like the same amount of hands that go up. Oh, shocker, interesting. Um, there's something about the silent treatment that we, we know we've all felt, and listen, we hate it. We hate it. We can't stand. We can't stand it when someone is willingly choosing to intentionally not talk to us. It's like we, our ego can't handle it. Our, like the relationship is just, oh, what is, like, this is eating me up inside. What do you do when it feels like God is giving you silent treatment? Like God is saying, I'm not going to talk to you. That is a very real experience and a feeling that many of us have had. And if you haven't had, maybe one day you will have. Because some of us, like I think this series is hitting because you're, you're, you might be in that moment where you're feeling that, that God isn't there for you. Or, or you've been praying and it just hits the ceiling and, and, and it, it feels like he doesn't even listen to me. He certainly doesn't respond and others of us, maybe you aren't in that spot right now, but, but there might be a time where that's coming. And so this series is still kind of a, a, a man, I need to, uh, to, to at least understand what it feels like and looks like when God is silent. So why we're answering that, we, we ask this question and hopefully we can an, at least give some sort of answer to this question. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? God, why don't you answer my prayers? Why am I even praying if you're not going to answer them? And we can feel um, when we don't get an answer to prayer, it can be really tempting to just think, I should just stop. I should just stop praying. What's the point? What's the use of it if he's not gonna answer? I'll just, I'll just give it up altogether. So what do I do when God isn't answering my prayers. I'm gonna give us uh, a number of, of things that, that uh, we can be doing, but also some maybe some answers to, some, at least possible answers to why God isn't answering our prayers. So the first one is this, ready? Here's what we have to do, but also realize this is maybe the reason, one of the reasons why he isn't answering our prayers. I need to remove any selfish motives. I'm gonna guess a number of our prayers that we've prayed over our lifetime have been selfish. In fact, I think we can almost make the argument 
that every time we pray, there's at least a little bit of selfishness in it. And here's what I mean by that. Not that our prayers are like all about us, but these are the things that are important to us. And that's the reason we're praying. Lord, I'm praying. I could be praying about a million things, but I choose these things, whatever they may be, because these are what's important to me. And so there's at least, there's at least a, a, a kind of a, a basic level of this is more important to me than other stuff. But, but where we get into trouble is when it becomes all about us and all about God just meeting our needs. If, if we're not careful, we can, we can tend to think that God is some kind of like divine cosmic genie that we just, we just ask for our wishes and he grants them. And when he doesn't, how dare he? How could he? What if, what if God, our heavenly father, is honestly much like a parent that we have? Like I, if you can think of, if you can think of the times when, uh, if you have children or had children or, or you currently have, like they're in your house, you have little children right now, um, you, you can think back to um, when, when kids, when kids would ask you for something and give you the guilt trip. Now, here's what I'm talking about. My, my kids have, have done this. Um, uh, the, these little sinners in my house, they and, and, and the, the best one is, the, uh, is my daughter, the little girl. She's seven, and I think she knows she's, like, cute and just plays that up only when it benefits her, and which is, it feels like anytime she talks to me and asks me for something. So she'll, she'll come to me and, Dad, can I have a second dessert? No, you already had dessert. You can't. It's time for bed. Oh, Dad, please, just let me stay up and have another dessert. Kira, you can't. It's time for bed. It's, you, have to, you already had a dessert. If you love me. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Easy, girl. Easy. Okay, fine. Don't tell your mom. <laughs> but but we, we, like us as kids, we did that. We tried it out on our parents. Sometimes it worked. Probably most of the time it didn't. And then you become adult and you realize, no, no, no. Listen, giving in to every single, every single thing your kid wants is not being a good loving parent it's not if, if, if we allow that for our kids they would like they wouldn't go to bed on time or anytime they would they would they would eat junk food all day they would stay in the room they would be on electronic that's like the life they want a terrible that's a terrible upbringing what if what if when we pray and ask for things god just hears sometimes not all the time but but what if he's not answering our prayers because he hears little children who are just asking him for stuff that we just, this is what I want, Lord. Here's what James says, James chapter four. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. All right, James. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight, okay? And then he says this. You do not have because you do not ask God. One of the reasons he says, maybe, maybe, maybe God isn't answering prayer because you aren't praying, how can he answer prayer if there's no prayer to answer? All right, so step one, I should be asking. And then he says this, but when you do ask, you do not receive because, here it is, you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. It's possible that the God, God isn't answering your prayers because it is, you aren't praying with, for something that aligns with his will. 
Maybe you're praying, okay, ready? This is the hypotheticals here, but this is totally realistic. Uh, maybe you're praying for a new job or a new promotion or that you get into a, a relationship. You just really want, a, you know, a, 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 to have someone or a, a guy or a girl. Whatever, like, and, and so that's the, that's the cry of your heart. All right. What if, what if God knows the outcome and he sees that and says, that's not actually my will for you? Because what if, what if you're not ready for the thing you're asking for? So I had, uh, I had a buddy, a guy, his name, his name is Paul, and he was, um, he was a prayer warrior. I mean, this, this is probably one, he's probably one of the top, one of the top five influences in my life. He was just a great, a great guy. Um, and uh, um, uh, I knew him when I was kind of just becoming, just kind of getting into church. And then later on, I actually got to work alongside with him. It was great. Uh, Paul, um, Paul was uh, in his late 40s and had never been married, but was praying for a wife. I mean, every day, every day. I remember being in staff meetings and staff prayer and, uh, and you know, we'd break off and do, you know, prayer requests for each other. And, and every time, every time I got paired up with Paul, he's like, hey, this, this, this. And, and then he would almost just casually just kind of like, oh yeah, and, uh, and, and pray for a wife as well. I'm like, okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's faithful like he is. He is praying for a wife. And then, and then, I mean, years go by, years go by, and we're on staff, and he's still no wife, still no wife. Um, and I remember having a conversation with him and just said, hey, man, so what is your background? Like, what, you know, is, is like, I, I don't know much about, you know, history, or like, you know, were you, were you ever in a relationship? How did this, how did this go? And, and, and we had a really close relationship, so we, I could ask, I, you know, I wouldn't go ask you that, like the first time I met you. So tell me about your relational history of your life. But with him, I totally could, and it was fine. And, and, uh, and I remember him saying, like, I was engaged once. I'm like, oh, cool, all right. How do, clearly it didn't, you're not married, so what happened? And he said, um, I broke it off with her because, uh, because, she, uh, I, because she wasn't perfect. I'm like, okay, well, I think I know why we're still praying for a wife. <laughs> it's going to be a while still, Paul. And, and, um, um, and I remember him saying, like, I was so immature. And he goes, I, honestly, I was just dumb because I broke it off with her because I felt like, this is what he said, I felt like she didn't pray enough. And I'm going, man, that would be hard marrying you. <laughs> like, like, you know, your issue is you're not praying enough. Wow, I've, I, I don't know if I'll ever measure up to that. And he, and he goes, and, and I've gotten to a point now, you know, he's like, that was like, deck two, like almost 20 years ago. I'm like, okay. And he says, I realize now what I was praying for, I wasn't ready for. And that the issue was me. That I was the immature one judging everyone else for what they were doing. There was nothing wrong with these people. It was just, I just had this, this standard that no one could ever meet. And so I would always kind of turn away. Nope, nope, not you, not you. And now I'm at a point where I'm going, hey, I'll take anyone. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, let's not settle for that. And, and he says, so I'm praying. I'm praying for uh, just a, a, a godly lady who isn't perfect and because I'm not perfect. And I'm like, all right, man, well, we'll keep praying. Okay. Long story short, he ends up meeting a lady, and she is awesome. Like, they're the couple, um, I, you, I'm sure you've met couples like this. Maybe you are that couple, I think we all are, where you're going like, you were clearly born for you, and you were clearly born for you. Like, there's no, like, there's no, in, no, in every other world possibility, you two meet because you're, you're literally perfect for each other. That's them. 
And they got married, and then, and then he, I think at age 50, I think he was, he, he, they got married, she was a little younger, and, and, uh, and then they started having kids, and they have two girls, and he's like, he, it's so funny because, you know, he's, um, he'll, he'll have conversations with me, and I'm, you know, he's, he's, probably, he's got some years on me, but, but, uh, but parenting-wise, oh, I'm a total expert compared to him. He's, a, he's, a, he's like, so what do you do when they're crying? I'm like, yeah, I don't know either, man, good luck. <laughs> Here's the point. He was praying for a long time and he realized I wasn't ready. The reason I was getting no's or not yet's was because God was working on me. I could not have been ready for this answer to prayer. What if, what if God is looking at our prayers and says, you're just praying for yourself, but I need to work on you because you're not ready for that. What if you getting that promotion means you get more money and, and like all the songs say, more money, more problems, right? And, and what if, what if, you getting that promotion actually increases the stress and the dysfunction and the, and, the, uh, and, the, and the division in your family. And like, what if, what if giving you that promotion actually causes you more harm? All right. Maybe, maybe God is looking at all of this saying, hey, I'm, keep talking to me, but you're asking for the wrong things. So I, I need to remove any selfish motives from my prayers. Second thing that we see that, that is maybe a reason why, at least to be thinking about why God is saying no, or to at least have in mind when we, when we don't get answers to our prayer is this. I need to trust that God has my good in mind. And this can be really hard. Because we often think um, that what, what we're asking for is what's best for us. Listen, who knows what's better for me than me? So, Lord, here's what I'm asking for. And, and so it's really easy to think and to say, this is, this is what's best for me. Here's what we see in Romans chapter eight, a, a fairly well-known, famous passage that Paul writes. He says this, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. This is a whole theology. We can go really deep here in what he's talking about. Here's what he's saying, ready? There are times in our lives where we don't even know what we should be praying for. And it's, just, it's just sort of this like, oh man, I don't, like, I'm just at a, almost at a loss for words. And he says, here's, here's the awesome part about being a follower of Jesus that, that the Holy Spirit actually prays for us. And he does so in, in, in like with, with wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That the Holy Spirit is gonna pray the right thing every time. Knowing, knowing God's will and praying God's will over you and me. That's awesome. And then he says this. Here it is, ready? This is for us now. And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. And now there's, there's some, there's a lot of misunderstanding with this verse. What this verse is not saying is that God will only allow good things to happen to you. This is not a health, wealth, prosperity gospel where, hey, if you just choose to follow Jesus, he's gonna, like everything that's wrong in your life, he's gonna make right and, and he's gonna bless you and he's gonna give you all this wonderful stuff because he wants what's good for you. Well, well, yes, he does want what's good for you, but that's not what this is saying. It's not saying that he will only provide good for you. 
What he's saying is that he works in all things, including the difficult, the hardship, the struggles, the painful, like all of the, the just the, the life is hard stuff, all of that, he's gonna work even in that for your good. That he's gonna use all of the difficult things that you go through and still, because in his, in his great wisdom and in his, in his great might, he's still able to see and, and to understand and to know how I can use even this painful, terrible, like awful experience and still use it for your good. Not because it is good, but it will produce something good for you. That's different. So there are times when we get a no or a not yet. And our, our, our natural inclination is, well, God, does, he just doesn't care. Clearly, he doesn't care. He doesn't hear me or he doesn't want to hear. He doesn't want me to be happy because he's not answering these things. And, and, and maybe, maybe it's because we're praying the wrong thing. We're praying with maybe selfish motives. Or maybe, maybe it's that we've, we've lost sight in the fact that, that, that God's job is not to make your life easy. God's job, like, when we read the scriptures, here's not, like, the conclusion we get is not, you know, I think it's God's job to make me happy. That's what I got out of this book. He's supposed to do everything he can to make me happy. I don't read that at all in here. In fact, what I read is he does everything he can to make me holy. And that's different. That's different than just being happy. So one of the things that I, I want to encourage you to do is to add this to, to all of your prayers. Whenever you pray, to add this. At the end of it, you're gonna say these words, but your will be done, not mine. Listen, I, I'm serious. I mean, every time you pray, whatever it is, about anything, but your will be done, Lord, not mine. I really ask you for this. I really want this. I, I really want this. For, even for someone else, I'm asking that you would bless them. I'm asking that you would give them this thing. I'm, I know that this is the cry of their heart, but your will be done, not mine. Because your will might be different than what I think is best. It's important, it's important to remember that sometimes our answer, the, prayer, the answer to our prayers is a no or not yet because it can actually it can actually be stopping maybe something that God has in mind that isn't for our, like, like something that isn't for our good, he's actually preventing from happening and saying, listen, if you get that, it sounds great and I know you want it, but what if, what if it isn't what will lead to what's best for you? All right, Lord, then here's what we say. Your will be done, not mine. Here's another one. I need to pray secret prayers by myself. Listen, if the only time you ever pray is like at church or in a service or around people or for a meal or, or in, you know, in a Bible study, and that's like when you pray, that's good. There's always, it's always the right time to pray. But if that's it, then you're, you're missing an entire element of your relationship with the Lord. This, this is, I think this is often neglected, maybe more so than we think. Here's what, here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and, and on the street corners to be seen by others. They love to be heard by other people. He says, truly I tell you, they've received their reward in full. Here's what they got, ready? 
they got heard by other people. That was their reward. They wanted to be noticed, they got noticed. But when you pray, this is different now. Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like, the, like pagans, for they, they think that they will be heard because of their many words, that, they, that they, just, they just keep going on and on and on. He says, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. There's three things that we pull out from this, three things we can learn about prayer from this, from the words of Jesus. The first is this. He says, don't pray like the hypocrites with all these words and just continue. Like, they just want to be heard or be seen. Okay, this, this is, um, we can often feel like, and I won't ask you to raise your hand. Eh, maybe I will. We'll see how it goes. We can often feel like when we pray, others are judging us. Everyone, anyone ever felt that? Okay. Especially when you're new to faith or new to praying. I remember, um, I remember when I was in college, I went to uh, Biola Christian University and I had uh, roommates who were also there and were Christians, but not like maybe not as kind of far in their faith um, as, uh, as maybe others were. And, and so even praying and praying out loud, like I remember one was like really uncomfortable with it because, because he said, I just feel like, if I, like if I, when I pray, I'm not gonna say the right things and other people are gonna judge me. Or, or I just don't know the words to say. I don't know how to do it. Like I, 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 and so I don't because I don't want, I don't want to like be made fun of or ridiculed. And I, and I remember hearing this and thinking, I bet, I, I, I can't, I, like I can't guarantee this, but I bet you, I bet you God hears your prayers and goes, that's a real prayer. Because it's not eloquent with all the right theological words. It's just you speaking from your heart. So like, man, I'm like, if you and I pray, I'll never, I'll, I'll never judge you, man. In fact, I want you to pray for me because you're just gonna say what you feel and what you, like, you're gonna nail it. But so many times we can think, I gotta get all the words right and I gotta have, I gotta, like, like man, I've heard this person pray and wow, they're so good at it. And, and they're like weaving in all this scripture and, 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 and like illustrations and thoughts and like, man, it's so good. Like they're, they're praying a sermon back to the Lord. It's like beautiful. And then I'm like, hey God, like help please. <laughs> Amen. And you're like, man, you know what? He hears that prayer and he's like, all right, help's coming. <laughs> And Jesus says, don't think that just by simply adding more words, you'll be heard. Instead, here's what he says. This is number two. To pray secret prayers meant between only, to be between only you and God. He says, go into your room, shut the door, and just pray in secret to your Father. Like, I want to encourage you to do this. Even if you, like, you have a family or you have people in your house, like you don't live alone and you're going, there's always people around. All right, you know what? Kick them out of the room, shut the door, I'm gonna spend some time praying. Maybe before everyone gets up and just you're on your own or, or maybe before you go to bed or whatever it may be. To learn to pray secret prayers between you and God. And, and listen, and don't feel inclined to share any of this with anyone. This is just your relationship with the Lord. A one-on-one. -on -one. Can you imagine? Could you imagine? So for those of, uh, of us who are uh, married and you, you, you have a spouse that, um, that you, know, you at least like right now, um, can you imagine, could you imagine your spouse, your husband or your wife saying, hey, honey, I'm gonna talk to you, but only when we're in groups, only when, uh, only when we're around a meal, um, or maybe when we're at church, then I'll talk. But one-on-one but -on -one conversation, I just, I, I don't have time for. Could you imagine? 
trying to say that to anyone you loved. And yet, and yet, that's my, that might be the experience the Lord has with, with some of us that I don't, I, can't, I, don't, I, don't, I guess I don't talk to him one-on-one, only in group settings. And I, I'm not praying one-on-one. What would happen if all of us took seriously this idea of praying secret prayers, shutting our door and saying, all right, Lord, you got my attention. I'm just gonna pray right now. Just me and you, no one else. I don't even wanna share this with you. Like, this is just for you and me. Ooh, okay, maybe, maybe what's missing in your life is this one-on-one connection with the Lord. Here's the third thing we see. God knows what you need before you ask him. There's a level in which like, you know, there's, we're praying what we want and then we're praying what we need. And God knows what we need. And he knows when what we're asking for lines up with that. But it isn't because like, you know, if you, it's not like turning the dials and if you say the right things, then he'll answer. And he's just waiting. He's just waiting for you. Hey, that was a great prayer, but you, you should have quoted this verse and said you quoted that verse. So I'm not gonna answer. I'm not gonna answer you. What? That's not how prayer works. That like, if you just, he knows, he knows what we need. So we're saying, Lord, I know you know what I need, but here's what, here's what I think that is. And this is what I'm asking for, but I'm adding this. Remember, but your will be done, not mine. Whatever that is, your will be done, not mine. This was Jesus' prayer. Your will be done, but not mine. Here's the last thing that I think is for us to remember when we think about maybe hearing no or not yet or it feels like God is silent. I need to realize that God, here we go, ready? Sees the end result of my answered and unanswered prayers. God answers maybe no or maybe not yet. And it may be because he knows the result of both options. He knows if it's a yes or if it's a no or not yet. He knows, all right, if I get you this, if I grant you this prayer, here's what will happen. And if I don't grant you this prayer, here's what will happen. And maybe, what if, listen, what if the no or not yet answer actually produces more good for you than the answer? And so for him, him saying no or not yet isn't that I don't want you or I don't like you or that I'm trying to make life miserable for you. What if he's saying, I'm actually waiting because there's something better than answering your prayer right now, the here and now. Isaiah 55 tells us this, another famous passage. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens, he gives us now an illustration. Let's, let's look at this. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth. Can you, can you measure that? Okay, it's really high. As the heavens are higher than the earth, here you go, ready? So are my ways higher than your ways and, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What if God knows the answer before it happens? He knows what will happen. He knows the good that will come in the future of, of answering yes or no. And, he, and what if, what if for him, he says, the no here is actually better for you than the good, than the yes. Like there, there will be more good for you. What if, what if, what if God says no to all of our prayers because he wants us to know him for who he is, not simply what he can do. So think about this. So you have loved ones in your life, I'm assuming, Right? I mean, whether it be uh, family or friends or, or, or kids or parents, or like you have loved ones. You have people that you, these are, they are near and dear to you. I'm gonna guess also 
that you love them not because of the stuff they do for you. I mean, they, they do stuff with you and, and it, like maybe there's joy, but, but it, it isn't I love you only when you're doing good things and helping me out. This is kind of the, the idea of like in culture today, this idea of this love that like, oh man, they, they complete me or they fulfill me or they make me feel like whole or, or wonderful. Like, hey, that, that's great, but, but that's not love because that wears off. And eventually when that wears off, then what do you do? Do you stop loving them because all of a sudden they stop providing those good feelings for you? Love is so much more than that. I remember um, the, if you have children, you probably felt this, the, at the birth of your children. I remember the birth of my firstborn um, and, um, uh, and I, I'd, I'd never been in a birth before. I was not ready for it. Um, but I, I, remember, I remember this little guy being born and, and I remember thinking two things. I thought, I will gladly gladly lose my life if that means saving yours and he's just you know nine not even nine pounds eight pounds i think nine ounces of like human flesh and you know body fluid and crying that was all he was and i remember thinking you've you you've you you've done nothing for me and can do nothing for me but i will i will i will gladly trade places with you and and i'll get in the way of anyone who tries to harm you I'm the guy. They got to go through me to get. I remember thinking that in the room when he's born, like, all right, this guy, this guy now is my world. And listen, he had done nothing for me. There's nothing he could do for me. He's 15 now, and he's still done nothing for me. <laughs> he's in the room right here. I'm sorry, bud. I love you. I, we, we love our loved ones, not because of the stuff they do for us, but because of the relationship we have and what they mean to us. Now, listen, what if, what if God says no to our prayers because he doesn't want us to get used to thinking, well, we're just, he's just the guy we go to when we need stuff. That, that we love him when, we, when he gives stuff for us, when, when, when we get stuff out of him. What if he says, hey, listen, I want you to, to know me, to know me. I want you to love me in a relationship, not because I give you stuff. And so what if, what if him saying no or not yet to your prayers is to draw you closer to him? It's not because he doesn't love you. It's the opposite. It's because he says, hey, listen, this isn't about me just giving you everything you want and thinking that's a relationship. What if, what if him being silent or, or answering no is to increase your trust in him? Ooh, Okay. Now I can see why maybe he's not answering some of my prayers. So what happens? What do you do? What do you do when, when God doesn't answer your prayers? So ready, here it is. Ready, two things. When God doesn't answer my prayers, ask him why. Ask him. Lord, why? Why haven't, I've been, I've been praying for this for a while. Why, why not? Why, why haven't you answered this? Or why is it no every single time? Why? This has been the cry of my heart. Um, I... Uh, I think it's fair to say God is big enough to handle your question. That you can ask him why. And, and listen, he is not fragile. He won't be offended. So, God, God doesn't answer my prayers. All right, ask him why. And the second thing, God, God isn't answering my prayers. Okay, ask him why. And ready for this? And keep praying. 
Don't stop praying because you think it's a no. Because what if, what if he's just saying, hey, I want you to keep, keep pursuing me, keep talking to me. Keep, I want you to be a relationship. It's not about just me giving you stuff. It's about a relationship. And so and the very thing, like the very thing he wants you to do is to continue to communicate with him. Don't stop that because you think it's a no. When God doesn't answer my prayers, ask him why and keep praying. Matthew 7, Jesus says this. Which of you, which of you, if your sons ask for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? He's like, none of you will do that. And then he says this. If you then, though you are evil, okay, easy, Jesus, all right. You, you evil people, he says, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And then he says this, and just, just see if you recognize, if you've been following us for a little while, just see if you recognize this next phrase here. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Did you, did you see that right there? The Jesus Creed just showed up. We're not supposed to be in that series, but here it is again. Jesus is talking about prayer, and he throws in part of the Jesus Creed. Jesus says, listen, you guys, you, all of you, you all know how to give good gifts to your children. And you, you are sinful, evil people. And he says, how much more then does your heavenly father who isn't sinful, evil, how much more do you think he knows how to give good gifts? So keep asking. Don't stop praying. Lord, you said, look, Jesus, I'm taking you at your word. You said, you said, your father knows how to give good gifts. God, he told me you can give good gifts. I'm asking for them. Not because I want stuff out of you, but because, but because I want to continue to communicate. I want your best for me, whatever your will is. Not for stuff, not for promotions or extra things. Like, I want your best for, for me. God really does answer prayer. So keep praying and keep trusting. Some of us have been praying prayers for this, maybe the same prayers for years. I mean, maybe decades. I can think of myself, I've been praying in particular for some family members that they would come to know Jesus and I've been praying, you know, for off and on now for years. Like just, all right, Lord, every time I think about it, oh man, I wanna pray for them again. And I'm still waiting and I'm still trusting and I understand, I understand, I totally understand that when we talk about coming to know Jesus, it really, there really is a free will element here that, that people have to choose this. This isn't because like I pray and then God forces someone else to know him, Right? But Lord, I'm praying that you continue to pursue him. I'm gonna keep bugging you. I'm gonna keep bugging you, right? You're gonna get tired of me. You're gonna get to heaven and be like, oh, that's the guy who would not, who would not stop asking. All right, welcome. <laughs> so keep praying. Keep pursuing the Lord. So here's your homework. We've been talking about this for, throughout this series. Your homework was two things, Remember? to remove one distraction from your life, whatever that may be, however that looks, whether it means you watch less TV or you turn the radio off in your car or, or you get up a little early or go to bed a little late or whatever. Provide some margin in your life, some space where you remove some distractions and fill that with some intentional, specific one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord where you're praying, you're reading scripture where you're spending some time filling it by, by focusing on God, okay? Now, here's what we've added to this, to, to like your homework this time, is to, to go into your room, close the door, and just pray to God, one-on-one. -on -one. Not with the goal of even sharing with anyone. This is just you and him. 
So would you do this? Would you stand with me? We're gonna worship and then, and then close here. Um, I'm gonna pray for us and then we'll worship the Lord. So as, as you stand though, I also wanna um, to invite you back next week. Next week we start a brand new series. So on your, on your chair, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, this is our next series. I'm excited for this. We're calling it The Ten and it is about the Ten Commandments. No, I'm, I'm just, just a quick teaser. I think the Jesus Creed might show up yet again. It might show up yet again. So we're gonna spend um, the next four weeks going over the first four commandments and then we'll do part two for the, the final six. Would you do this? Would you pray with me before we um, get ready to worship here? So Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you are good regardless of whether we get all of our wishes and and questions and our our asks and our prayers. That you, you, you really do, you really do work all things out for our good. And some of that, we, uh, we recognize it might be that you say no to some of our prayers, knowing that what's best for us, for our good, is not a yes, but a no. Or not yet help us to understand that when we're asking when we're praying to you it isn't we're not doing so as to some genie but rather we're doing so to our father and help us to understand the importance of adding your will be done not ours help us to continue to grow closer to each other and to continue to grow closer to you we love you Jesus and we worship you now pray this in your name.